If you're interested in listening ad-free, go to patreon.com slash the SCP experience. There you can enjoy my ad-free podcast and never have to listen to ads again. That's patreon.com slash the SCP experience. Now time for the story. I hadn't doubted myself up to that point where I found myself standing in front of a set of heavy steel doors. It is just a storage cabinet, I kept telling myself. The sight of the green metal alone was enough to send shivers down my spine. I'm not sure about this, I said, as the guards prepared me for the journey. They fitted me with a body cam and audio recording equipment. All they wanted from me was footage from within the cabinet. Come on, George, Dr. Zelensky said. Think about your family. His words were almost insulting. My family was all that occupied my mind. And unless I did this one job, I'd be leaving behind little more than a mountain of debt. Your time on this planet is limited, and no medicine in this world will be able to save you. What is the legacy you want to leave behind? He asked. Do you want to be the man that handed your family a secure future, or do you want to be the man remembered as a financial burden? Cancer had already taken its toll on my body, to the point where the doctors had stopped chemo a month prior. Physically, I was feeling better than I had in months, but the lack of literal poison flowing through my body meant the cancer could spread unopposed to the point where my body just gave in. I could have spent the last couple of months comfortably at home with my family, but I couldn't leave them trying to pay back my medical bills. All you have to do, George, is to measure the true size of the complex labyrinth within SCP-432. I nodded. At least they'd been upfront about the risk. Despite the innocuous look of SCP-432's exterior, The interior was something else entirely, rumored to hold a creature known only as SCP-432-1. And if I don't make it? I asked nervously. Your death will be covered up, and they'll be informed about a life insurance policy you kept hidden from them. The money will seem legitimate, and they'll never need another thing for the rest of their lives, Dr. Zelinsky said. Okay, 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 let's do this. I said as the adrenaline kept building up within me in anticipation of what horrors were to come. Then it's time. Remember, keep in touch over the radio. Don't go silent for more than a minute. We need to know your whereabouts at all times. As I uttered those few words, the guards opened the slide bolt and pulled the doors open. A long hallway stretched beyond what my eyes could see, only intermittently lit up by dim lights. I stepped inside and turned around to see the guards closing the doors. Good luck. One of them mumbled as I was locked inside. With a fair amount of trepidation, I started my descent into the narrow hallways. The lights flickered above me as I traversed further into the darkness, with droplets of ice-cold water falling onto me from a cracked pipe running along the ceiling. It would take about 100 meters before I finally came upon a T-junction. It was an expected encounter, considering I'd already been briefed on it but they never explicitly told me whether to go left or right. There's a T-junction here, I said. Go left, Dr. Zelensky said on the other end, his voice already messed up by the interference. I did as commanded and turned onto an even narrower set of halls that stretched beyond the reach of the light. I turned my flashlight on, watching it harshly reflect on the rusty, wet walls until I came upon another turn. It's getting darker, I said. It's normal, keep moving. Zelensky said, his voice even more distorted by the static. After another 150 feet, a set of crossroads appeared. Once again, 
I turned to Zelensky to ask about the direction. The other subjects already explored left and right. I need you to keep going straight ahead. It's uncharted territory. So you're going to have to mark every turn from here. Got it, I said nervously as I continued down the halls. I took note of the individual scratches on the walls to orient myself. There were long marks on the walls that couldn't be explained by wear and tear. In a way, they seemed to be individual claw marks erratically etched into the walls. There are weird marks here. I think they might be from SCP-432-1, I said. Don't keep moving, Zelensky said on the other end, barely intelligible. Fucking orders, I mumbled to myself as I kept wandering into the labyrinth. From there, I was allowed to choose my own path, as long as I made sure to mark each turn to help me find my way back. Another T-junction came up. I marked the wall, indicating that I was turning left. I approached a corner going right, leading into a long hallway with a single light bulb hanging in the middle. The air was getting colder with each step I took. I could even see icicles hanging from the sections of pipe running along the corners. Then I noticed more scratches on the wall, each deeper than the last. More marks on the wall, and it's getting colder here, I said. Keep moving. If you, anything, let no. he said. If I what? I asked. Hear anything, he clarified. I kept thinking about my son, how I'd never be there to see him take his first steps, to hear him speak his first words. Even if I made it out alive, I'd be dead long before seeing any of his first milestones. But if I could give him a solid future, at least I'd know he'd be safe. His mother would surely raise him to be a great man. She was the better person out of the two of us, after all. But guilt was a feeling I could not rid myself of as I wandered the dark tunnels. If I died within these cold quarters, she'd never know the true cause of my death. She'd never know the horrors I felt as I approached a creature unknown to mankind. I'd just be gone. And the few people privy to my whereabouts were guards and scientists with sticks up their asses and an obligation to keep the nature of my disappearance a secret. As I came upon another turn, my train of thought was interrupted by a loud growl echoing through the hallways. It sounded something akin to a man with a crushed chest desperately calling out for help, dark, broken, and full of hate. It was coming from the path directly ahead, a tunnel that bent downwards ever so slightly, bringing me not only deeper into the labyrinth, but further down below ground. Did you hear that? I asked over the radio. Nothing on our end, Zelensky said. I took a few steps closer, desperately hoping my flashlight wouldn't find the source of the roar. I stood frozen for a moment, waiting for the next horrific growl. But in its place, what I heard next sent shivers down my spine. It was a woman's scream. She was calling out for help as she kept banging on the door. For a moment, I thought my mind was playing tricks on me, but then she called again. Please, God, help me. She called in panic. Dr. Zelinsky, did you get that? I asked. There's someone else in here, and I think they need help. George, whatever you do, don't was all I could decipher from the last call. Please, I don't want to die, the woman called out. Ignoring the immense sense of fear building up within me, I started rushing towards the source of the sound. I came upon another cross section, quickly marking it as I kept making my way towards the screaming. I'm coming, I yelled. Hurry, she said in response. Another cross section and another quick mark. I kept running around corners, slightly descending with each turn until I could hear the woman just at the end of a hall. As I got closer, the atmosphere felt thicker, 
the air was filled with a fog of stinking rot, literally preventing my flashlight from reaching the source of the calls. I ran the last few meters, abruptly stopping as I realized I'd met the first dead end of the labyrinth, and on the floor, I saw the woman who'd called for help. She was dead. Not only had she passed away, but she'd been dead for a long time. Her skin was sloughing up and the underlying flesh was rotting. Her eyes were deflated and empty, yet full of fear. Zelensky? I called over the radio. Do you hear me? No response. Doctor? I called out again. Before I got the chance to ask a third time, that same sickening growl filled the air. Since I was at a dead end, the sound could have only come from straight behind me. I'd had as much panic as I could take. The thoughts of securing a future for my family and going through with mapping the tunnels had been replaced by unrelenting, soul-shattering fear. I turned around to run, trying to memorize the path and hoping the markings I'd made were clear enough to make my escape. I reached the last cross section, relieved to see the marking telling me which direction to turn. As I prepared to keep running, I heard another growl coming from directly down the hall I was running towards. Even through the thick atmosphere, I could see the outline of a massive, twisted creature approaching me at impressive speeds. Left without a choice, I had to turn in the opposite direction and head into an uncharted tunnel without a single second to mark the direction I'd come from. I rushed through continuously narrowing tunnels and several T-junctions. Each time, I turned in an attempt at shaking off the monster chasing after me. It wasn't long before I completely lost track of where I'd gone, at which point I hadn't heard from Zelensky in well over five minutes. As I rounded yet another corner, I collapsed to the ground from exhaustion, no longer carried by the massive amounts of adrenaline raging within me. From there, all I could do was wait until the creature found me and turned me into another corpse within the labyrinths of SCP-432. But the creature never came. The growls kept getting quieter. It was moving further away from me, thrown off my trail against all odds. I let out a sigh of relief, but I didn't dare move just yet. I just sat there for what must have been an hour until I knew the creature was long gone. Only then did I try to retrace my steps. Doctor, I encountered the creature, but I think I got away. Please respond. Nothing. I was too deep into the tunnels to get in touch with the team. I was alone. I spent the next few hours walking the hallways, praying that I'd stumble upon one of my own markings, but I never did. And for each twist and turn, I inadvertently ended up wandering further away from salvation. Hours turned to days, and in my cancer-ridden body, I collapsed from exhaustion. So, I'm sitting here in the dark, recording my last thoughts for the next team that might pass by. I don't know what the creature in the tunnel is, nor where the labyrinth finally ends. I just know we were never meant to step inside. SCP-432 is a two-door steel storage cabinet, measuring two meters tall by 1.2 meters wide by one meter deep. The exterior of the cabinet is painted matte green and bears no remarkable features except small areas of corrosion and light scratching commensurate with being left exposed to the elements for a prolonged period of time. The doors of the cabinet are fitted with a basic slide bolt and a hasp for a padlock, allowing the door to be secured from outside. The corridors within SCP-432 are lit at irregular intervals by what appear to be regular household light bulbs secured to the walls in wire mesh fittings. Many of the bulbs are observed to flicker and numerous others are burned out or broken. 
In places, several large-gauge steel pipes have been found bolted to the walls of the tunnels. The exact size of the labyrinth complex to which SCP-432 connects cannot be accurately measured, as each time the doors of the cabinet are closed and then reopened, the entrance created by the cabinet apparently moves to a different section of the maze. Other remains, coupled with additional evidence gathered during exploration, suggests that the labyrinth contains a large predatory inhabitant of indeterminate species, hereafter known as SCP-432-1. SCP-432 was discovered in an abandoned industrial complex in a non-disclosed location in the UK. It came to the attention of the Foundation after Dr. T. Small heard reports of several homeless persons in the area disappearing after staying in the complex. SCP-432 is kept in a standard storage area at Sector 25, is to be kept locked at all times, and the key to the lock kept in the adjacent security station under guard by three Level 3 personnel. No other special containment is required. Thanks for listening. To get notified every time a new episode is released, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button and turn on all notifications. Hey guys, thanks for listening. I want to give you all a quick heads up regarding some upcoming political ads you may start hearing leading up to this year's presidential election. These ads do not represent my own political viewpoint. So if you hear a political ad play on the podcast and it's not in my own voice, then it has absolutely nothing to do with me personally as a podcaster. Thank you again for being a dedicated listener of mine. And I can't wait to have another amazing year with you guys. I'll see you in the next episode.